passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden. Joining me, as always, is former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, man? How you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was real good. I um, I had some family in town. I had nice. a chance to eat. You know what? As I get older, Thanksgiving is uh, it's a great holiday. It's not it's not the favorite. I, I'm trying to what? Think what the favorite no. is. You know, you would think it, it was today. It's this, for the guys. Thanksgiving, this, this Thanksgiving is for the men. Yeah, it, it was. Um, I had my little pieces and it was cool. And I just enjoyed the time off. I guess I've been going and going and going. I enjoyed just, you know, going down to the basement, and, you know, hanging out with the kids, watching some TV, catching up, laughing a little bit. It, it was uh, uh, it was good. And I enjoyed it, but I think my favorite holiday has moved back into maybe Christmas. Is Christmas my favorite holiday? Christmas or New Year? I think it's Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas. Definitely Christmas. I mean, I myself. How, how about yours? First off, Christmas is just, it's like the Disney of, of holiday stocks, right? You know, it, yes. it's like it's the front runner, always. Yes. It's Alabama, always. it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas is a good one. I am partial to St. Patrick's Day as, oh, yeah. as, uh, as an Irish descendant myself you know it's and it's always it's five days after my birthday so spring break at the university of georgia always fell over my birthday weekend so my birthday weekend would start spring break and then saint patrick's day would wrap it up so i am partial i don't know how i survived frankly my four years in college you're gone Uh, for a couple of weeks a couple days that week probably did uh irreparable damage on my liver four straight years in a row We'll deal with that later on. Um, my Thanksgiving was great. Uh, we had a 19-pound brisket, which wow. was amazing. It was as good, as, good. As, as large as it sounded. It, it was just that good. Uh, watched a lot of football. So, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing more you could really ask for. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that yours was, was great, that we got to spend it with family, and we got a little bit of downtime. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for hoops betting and all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events 
Whether we're talking NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's that easy. Just make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. The Falcons, uh, you know, they're they're looking forward to their downtime uh, coming up soon. One more game until the bye week. Brutal, brutal stretch. I mean, they have not had a, a week off, guys. We have had a few in between the the start of the season and and now, and and they have not had any. But this was a just down and dirty football game in every sense of the word. The weather was brutal. Um, it really fit, I think, the identity of these two teams. A great defensive line playing, uh, you know, what is a great run offensive line. Um, what were your big picture takeaways from not only how this game was played, but then, and I'm sure we'll get into it, the way that yeah. this game ended? Ooh, uh, well, the big picture takeaway is uh, Falcons going to Falcon. Uh, don't 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 allow yourself to to get too excited. It's hard not to because you see all the pieces being there. You, you, you see, even in loss, I know no one likes moral victories. If you get back to the, 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 the grounded Falcons fan that we all should grow up and, and aspire to be, we should realize that we're still more than two wins on our schedule. We, we still are exceeding expectations. I know we have reset our expectations, but we are in a good place for next year. And no one wants to talk about next year because, you know, we can sniff the uh, playoffs or the or the Bucks mess up. And if we, you know, win on some of these uh, these close games. Uh, but if you, again, go back to being a grounded, sensible Falcons fan, you should be happy with the growth because the growth is there. And the growth with some of the core members of, of this team is there. And the fact that we are in every single game and the fact that, you know, we're not winning someone at the end. That's expected because of who we have at quarterback. That's expected because of some of the lack of, of depth at certain positions. That's expected. But the fact that we're in a position to strike, if you, you know, uh, put, put the drink down and sober up and, and realize, <laughs> all right, as a Falcons fan, what should I be expecting? You should be expecting growth. And, and as painful as it is to say, even though we didn't win the game, we grew as a team. I think we, we grew as in our journey to become a good team. So that, that's what I saw. I was still mad as hell, though. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like you did a, a little bit of an about face there in the middle of your answer where you started to get into the tip pass and the the falconing, you know, again, yeah. and, then, and then started talking about. But they're better than they, than they should be. And this yeah. is a good thing. <laughs> like, like you started heading down the, the negative alley and then. Pirouette yeah. and said, "Not, not yet. Let's stay in light." I, I, for, you have for a to minute. remind yourself because it's it's hard, dude. Like as a Falcons fan, it you're is. just like, "Win, win the gosh dang game, win!" Like, run the ball. What are you doing? Like, that's the, how you you operate as a Falcons fan, but as somebody who wants to be better than that and wants to be, uh, you know, intellectual Falcons fan, you need to see the big picture and just pull out that lens a little bit and realize that this sucks, but. Dang, we are really doing some things well here. Like, and, and I'm excited about some of the young guys. And, and Troy Anderson, I guess, is not a bust over. He's he's yeah. doing pretty well. And, and a lot of things that that 
come to fruition or, or, or revelations that should make you have a, a little little small smile on the side of your corner of your mouth. They definitely, I think, impressed me even in what was ultimately an ugly game because I was really ready to kind of tip my cap to Washington at several different points uh, yeah. during this football game and just kind of say, damn, this team has turned things around. Washington, of course, you know, turn things around. They're playing really good football. They're playing complementary football in a way that I feel like Atlanta has played a lot of the season and continued to play today. Yeah. And I was just kind of ready to say at home with their momentum in this weather, they earn this win. They earn this win. And I think it it. says a lot about the Falcons that they never let this game get out of, of arm's reach for them. And that goes to the complimentary football that I'm talking about this. I don't know how Atlanta's defense got that three and out after Atlanta's three and out following, you know, their first possession of the fourth quarter, Atlanta goes three and out. The Falcons defense had been on the field for like probably 35 real minutes. Yeah. Like of lifetime and and 15 minutes of game time, basically at that point. And they responded with a three and out to then let Atlanta have that big drive. That is kind of what I think you're getting at. Ovi is the foundation is legitimate here. They're getting the most out of everybody on their roster and they're playing the type of game or they're morphing each game into a style that they can win. And -hmm. maybe that, played into Washington's strengths a little bit, but I do think Atlanta is going to kind of wrestle the game in the direction that is going to most benefit them, even if they're playing a team that, you know, may also want to play that style. And I do credit the coaching staff for finding ways to make these all one-possession games. But this is a brutal (laughs) one-possession game to lose, Ovi, because it really is a swinging doors moment for this season. You win... And we'll talk about the play call here in one second. But you win this game, you're six and six. After Tampa Bay loses to lose? Cleveland, the Bucks lost. So, oh my gosh, that yes. makes it even worse. Well, it makes Come it better on. in the sense that you don't really lose any ground in the division. No, but it makes but it worse in that like we if were, you had we won, were right there. Right. We were if right you had there. won, they would have hopped over Tampa Bay, first place <laughs> in the NFC South. Ooh, you would have been. You good. would have. I, I believe also leapfrogged Washington in the NFC playoff picture. Wild card, yeah. Their tie-breaking scenario, Atlanta's is, is brutal, dude. Like, they're it, basically, if they're in any tie-breaking scenario, they're going to lose based on yeah. the teams that they've lost to this year. Um, but as a player, like, how critical is a loss like this? When, when all throughout the year you say next game, one game at a time, but then you let one like this, not even slip away, it was tip away. Like, you yeah. let one of these tip away. What's <laughs> it like in the locker room afterwards? How hard is it to go back to work on Monday? I've been there. And it sucks, dude. It, 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 even if you're not a part of the the reason that we lost or that you lost, the team lost, you still feel it. it. It's just a heavy, heavy burden that is on all the shoulders of the team members because it, it, everyone's getting a little tighter. And you realize that that window of opportunity is closing, getting getting smaller, and the coaches are going to start co- coaching with a sense of uh, – I don't say urgency. I think desperation. Everyone mm-hmm. has a sense of urgency, but even some of the good coaches, you can hear that desperation in their voices. Uh, some of the players who made the mistakes or are on the bubble, you feel like you can hear that desperation. Some of the veterans who actually don't just care about the money they're making or don't just care about you know 
uh, stayed on the team. They care about championships or, or yeah. get the playoffs, and they actually want to do something with, with the with the season. They get desperate, and it it just makes practice and you know workouts and weightlifting and film study just more, more difficult. And the good teams are able to you know clear that in a day or two in forty eight hours. Uh, you know, after the first meeting, watch the film, they can clear it. But and what, what that, is how, what is the best way to clear that? Is that to say, hey, collectively as a group, we recognize that, you know, pardon my language, the shit is hitting the fan right now and yeah. we have to get it together. But the best way for us to get it together is to clear this focus on the task. Like, is it a collective? Hey, we're going to acknowledge the bad, but then we're going to know that the path forward, the best path forward is for us to act like nothing's going on or is it something else like how do you clear that from the back of everybody's minds effectively good question but uh, i think a a big part of clearing that is accountability at least for me and the good teams i've been on in baltimore the ravens good things i've been the good teams i've been on with the falcons accountability is huge like if Mm -hmm. if, if you messed up and and, and, uh, you effed up you gotta say my bad i know i did what i did wrong I'm not gonna let it happen again. I realized, you know, what led me to that position, and you know, either I was tired, or I didn't understand my teammates' responsibilities, or I didn't see the safety, you know, going in the A gap, or I didn't. Un- you need to be able to talk to the people who depend on you because if they think you're gonna make that mistake again and again and again and again, it makes it difficult for them to put their all out, to give that, that little extra bit to, yeah. to trust you. Because if you don't trust the people you're playing with, you try to do more than, than you're supposed to. You try to do your job and their job, and right. that's when you, you make yourself too thin and you are, go, are susceptible to mistakes. So I think the best way to, to clear it is – and there, there are those games where, hey, we're not going to watch the film. We're moving forward. I personally don't like that because I want to know what happened. I want to know who did it. I want to be able to <clears throat> sorry, I want to go go up to them and say, dog, what what are you doing? You can't leave me on the island like that. You know, the tackle's supposed to hit the defensive end before you go out to the linebacker. If you don't hit him, he gets a full running start at me. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm in trouble. Yeah. Uh, you got oh my bad, Obi. I got you next time. I'm it's like a quarterback a leaving a receiver hanging out to dry over the middle. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so as long as there's accountability and as long as you uh really talk it through, I, I think that you're able to clear and say, All right, we messed up, we won't happen again. We were close. Next time we're gonna win it. All right, let's 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 go to work. And then that's all you can do. You can't dwell in your pity and pain and misery like the fans do. You, you don't have the ability to do that because you know, next game comes quick. Let's talk about quickly the play that, you know, ultimately has us sitting here talking about a, a loss as opposed to a win. It The tip pass came at the end of a really impressive drive exactly when the Falcons needed it. They get the ball with just over five minutes remaining. They had it under a minute by the time they were running that second down play on the four yard line. They don't run the ball. They throw a pass. It gets tipped to the line of scrimmage, picked off by Kendall Fuller in the end zone, really Kind of sneaky pick. Yeah, it looked Great like the ball play. was going to hit the ground. He just kind of dove in there and, and wrestled it and, and grabbed it. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of like uh, AJ Terrell's interception that wasn't an interception earlier. Just really good uh, ball skills, I think, from yeah. from some players in a game <clears throat> that was a monsoon. You wouldn't expect. But mm-hmm. yeah, so what did you think about the 
decision to throw the ball there on, on second down. The first down play was a run. It was stuffed in the backfield, but they'd been running the ball, you know, at least well out of four plays, you know, like one in every four was going to be probably a four yard pickup. What'd you yeah. think of the decision to throw the ball there? I just, uh, man, I mean, if you would have <laughs> uh, uh, scored a touchdown, I think it would be great. And that's, that's the thing. We thought they were going to run. We thought they should run. The defense probably thought they were going to run and probably think they, they, they probably should run because, uh, you know, getting that clock down any second more was going to be a benefit for the offense. Everyone's thinking they should run. Right. So sometimes the coaches try to outsmart themselves and say, hey, the easy answer is not the right answer. Let's see if we can uh, get everyone believing we're going to run the ball again, play action or, or something, quick throw. And if it works, it's it's amazing, brilliant yeah. idea going against the grain. And if it doesn't, which oftentimes it doesn't, you're just like, why would you stop doing what got you all the way down there and now try to be cute? Because the whole squad, as they always do, at least recently, were you know, were lathered up, ready to go, really feeling it in the zone. You know, yep. I think in a good place to make something happen. And so it's just so frustrating, so painful to watch them decide to throw the ball when you're right there you're you're right there like like a dummy i was just like hey no don't score a touchdown like just to fall out of the one yard line let's let's bleed the clock all the way down thinking that you know we could score at any time like at any second any moment <sighs> it kind of makes you wish that they would just punched it in uh you know a little bit earlier because i feel like we were just that close and, and one uh piece of daylight away and to watch that happen it's like the world in slow motion. You're like, oh, he didn't catch it. He dropped it. Ball hit the ground first. He didn't catch it. Not an interception. And everyone just like that. That that was the response that I think you you could hear around all of Atlanta. Everyone hitting their he- palms to their heads and saying, "I can't believe this foolishness. This this is crazy." That's but. the exact reaction that I had when uh, Julian Edelman caught that pass in uh, this. Never mind. We don't need to go there. Um, yeah, yeah, let's, let's not go back there. It was painful <laughs> enough. This was painful enough. Let's it, leave it at it this. I, so I asked that knowing uh, after watching Arthur Smith's postgame interview, kind of his response. And mm, the same. He took accountability to your point. And he yeah. said, you know, look, that's life as a play caller, right? You're in a position to be second guessed. They're in a position. If that doesn't work, yeah, you get called cute. Right. That's usually the word that that we use because common sense would say, look, you're three yards away. You've got yes. a 225 pound dude with six oh. 300 pound dudes in front of it. Like you can't O-line get three was yards. Balling. Right? O-line was balling all day. And that day. goes that goes a little bit to my um, theory that offenses <clears throat> are one of two things. Your engine is either in the front of the car or the back of the car. It's either with your offensive line or it's with your quarterback, running back, or some other part of your offense. When the engine's in the front of your car, like Atlanta is, that should work to your favor in short yardage situations. Yep. If it's in the back, it gets a little dicier, but your offensive line should gain confidence, gain ability from that kind of trust. Yeah. What Arthur Smith said was that the, it was kind of the perfect look. He And I don't know if he was saying that he made that call intentionally or if that was a check that Marcus Mariota went to at the line of scrimmage. He, he didn't mm. get into that, but all he said was that the look was exactly what you would want. 
and it got tipped at the line of scrimmage. And yeah. the other guys on the line of scrimmage get paid to do their job as well. And that's one where you just say they made a play and you had the look you wanted. And sometimes the guys make a play. How <sighs> like, like how does that mom- how does that jive with you? That, it, it jives me in that, I mean, I don't expect anything different from Arthur Smith. He's like <laughs> Matt Ryan for uh, commentating or for his reply. He's he's so good. Says almost the right thing every single time. Stoic, won't throw in a way that bus. makes you believe it a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won't throw anybody in the bus. You know, gives the, the the bland vanilla answer, and it's just like it is what it is. And, <laughs> and you want him to show some more emotion. You want him to get pissed off. You want him to, to throw something and get loud. And he's just like, nah. I just I made the call. It was good look. I thought we had a chance. Next question. <laughs> Like, Wait, no, no, no. You, you need to address what in the, the hell happened, and I need to be okay with it before we move forward. And he doesn't give a damn about your feelings. He's he's part of the F your feelings crowd. He's he just about this team and about winning games, even though we lost some we should have won. But I, I have to respect him in his, in his press conferences, and even with the mistake, I'm hoping that as a coach – he learns from it. Uh, second year head coaching, right? Yeah. But he's been calling plays for a, a, quite a while. But a uh, sec- yeah, second year head coach. I, I would hope that next time the easy answer can be the right answer. It's okay. And, and Mike Malarkey back in the day, like me and Mike Turner went up to his office. And I remember very clearly we sat and had a conversation with him. And I was just like, coach, don't do that shit again. Because we were in a situation where we won the game, but he, he tried to get cute. It was like second down, third down. It was All right, like, Ovi, um, what time are we meeting in Flowery Branch tomorrow? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, we can go meet Arthur Smith. I don't think he uh, will give me the same respect Larky did. But we just like, don't do that shit anymore. Like, you know that we can do our job. Even the offensive line, it's just a stalemate. Yeah. Ovi's going in. I'm coming behind him. We're Everybody in the yard. building knows it's we, what's we happening. We are always yeah. getting at least one yard. We'll get two or three. Like, you know, third and three, give us the ball. And he's like, I'm going to give you all the opportunity until y'all make me look bad. Ball's yours. Short yardage, OV either given to you or you block it for Mike. And I'm going to do that. And, and pretty much, like, he stood true to that. Like, the, the vast, vast majority of the time, he stood, uh, stood true to that because we were just like, we know our capabilities. We, we know what we can do. And we'll be damned if anybody takes that away from us because we, we were at, both veterans at the time at the point to where we wanted to have the ball. We wanted to be Kobe, wanted to be Jordan. Give me the damn ball. You know, if, if the game's going to be on the line, don't try to do some end around bootlegging. <laughs> For God's sake, yeah. don't get Matt Ryan do a, a quarterback sneak with those little chicken legs of his, you know, wobbling around trying to push forward and getting pushed back. No. So they need to have that conversation. You know, I mean, you probably can't show this flowery branch. They won't let us in. But I think a Cordero Patterson or some of the offensive linemen say, coach, 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 stop it. No, don't, don't, don't do that no more. Now, don't do that anymore because it's got to be one of the most painful things as a, a, a runner, an old lineman, a blocker, and knowing you could have made an effect uh, in the game uh, for, for, uh, for good and not get the opportunity. I know for sure that my passcode in Flowery Branch uh, doesn't work anymore. So (laughs) (laughs) definitely. You tried it at 2 a.m. in the morning. They had me locked out before my desk was cleaned out. So uh, (laughs) no, Um, I I think that 
you know, the Falcons have done a really good job. And when you are the less talented team, right, it, it narrows the scope of the types of games that you can play successfully. Yeah. You can try to get into a shootout. You're not going to succeed. You can try no. to bury a team before the half. You're more likely to let a team back in it. You know, there, there's yeah. only certain strategies you can employ. And I think the Falcons, they know they got to get games down to a relative coin flip. They got to yeah. get these games down to three or four play games. And sometimes when you're doing that and the nature of the volatility that comes with that, because all you need is really a handful of plays to go against you in a game. And that yeah. could be the difference in a win or a loss. You need the breaks to bounce your way sometimes. And today was a literal example of them breaking the other way. Uh, yeah. And maybe it's Washington season and maybe the Falcons are a year away from from getting that run of luck. Like, who knows? That's the reason why we all love this game is because one week means the difference between, you know, expecting something more and and sitting here questioning what has uh, gotten you here. But let's talk real quickly about the run games. Uh, amazing running battle between these two teams. The Falcons, 167 yards on the ground. Um, they averaged six yards a play on uh, on Sunday, which was really impressive. The uh, commanders actually outgained uh, Atlanta on the ground with 176 yards. Brian really? Robinson, yep, 105 yards from Brian Robinson. Dang. The Falcons, again, a committee. Tyler Algier, 54 yards. Cordero Patterson, 52 yards. Marcus Mariota, 49 yards. Um, but turning on the game, seeing it's basically a monsoon out there, we kind of got exactly what we expected. And it was not yeah. a boring game. It was not a sloppy game. It was actually a really fun game of, of ground game football. I mean, what you what'd you think watching it, Obi? I mean, I, I loved it. Uh those type of games, you know, get me all excited. You know, the hair on the back of my neck stands up. I know that they got to come to us. You know, the, the game's going to be won or lost, you know, through the running backs. And, you know, uh, <laughs> I saw um, Michael Turner and Jerry Snorwood a couple weeks back uh, at one of these Falcons games. Uh, it was the alumni Falcons game. And uh, they didn't see me come. I grabbed them both on the, on the, by the neck. I said, <laughs> hey. RBs on three, RBs on three, one, two, three, RBs. And I, I have to say it. They, they both said RBs because we had a, a little a little chant that we would say, hey, game game is one well, or lost one. to say, but yeah, no, I, yeah I, I, that, that is true. It's part <laughs> of the chant, you know, the, the call and repeat. But uh, it, it was just good seeing them because I remembered all the times that we would have these rainy games and it'd be just yeah. nasty weather. And I grabbed their helmet and put up against mine. I said, "This is our day. This is, we're, we're up. You know, this, this is our day. Let, let's, let's let's go to work." And we knew Malark would be calling on us, calling on us, calling on us, and we, we loved it because we're getting you know chunks, you know, three yards, five yards, twelve yard run, four yards, two yards, eight yard run, and that was just how the game's going to go. But um, I am so proud of. Our running backs, our running game, and the coaches to call these yes. run plays against defenses that are supposed are to be really good run defenders. That's the thing. And this is not the first time we've been told, well, Atlanta's been doing good run game, but this defense, they're going to have to change it up. Or this yep. defense, they're going to have to change it up because they're run stoppers. They got big D tackles. You know, they've been shutting everybody down. And we don't give two flying farts about how good their rush defense is. We're still coming at you. Yeah. And that's something, again, one of the things that as a Falcons fan, foundationally, you got to be excited about that, that we're still hitting these crazy numbers against these very good rush defenses. So 
Uh, I think I saw a tweet, something you saying the O-Lyman need to get a beer, uh, whether they win <laughs> or lose. You're, you're absolutely right. They need to get several beers and, and, and some brown liquor, whatever they want, because they did O-Lyman, you know, across the country, just, just proud, just watching the way they, they duck walk people back, watching their fight, watching that second, third, fourth effort, watch them go up to the second level, watch them run down the field, watch them be a little nasty, a little dirty at times. Like you saw it because the camera always pans away, but you'll see at the corner of the camera, offensive linemen driving their guy down. And I was like, these boys are doing it, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and, and sometimes fatigue sets in. At these long, sloppy games in the fourth quarter, they were still out there moving people. They really were, and I tweeted that out about the the beers right after an amazing drive. I, I believe in the second quarter, where there was one play where a little bit of a delayed handoff in the backfield. By the time Tyler Algier got back to the line of scrimmage, the interior of Atlanta's offensive line was five yards down the field. I think yep. the first person to touch Tyler Algier on that play was the safety at like the nine yard line yep. past the line of scrimmage. It was dominant against a unit that the defensive line is, is by and large seen as the premier unit on Washington's team. You know, yeah. Terry McLaurin is maybe the best player, but the defensive line is the identity of this group. And this offensive line has manhandled them just like they did against the 49ers, just like they did against you know, the Rams by and large, I mean, they, they have passed every test and yeah, it's a testament yeah. to everything making it work. But again, it's this offensive line because you kind of throw anybody back there for Atlanta, whether it's Caleb Huntley, whether it's Tyler Algier, whether it's Cordell, it's like they're going to yeah. get any, anybody yardage. Um, and, and they also allowed one sack to a, to a group that is pretty skilled in, in getting to the passer. So in a loss, I think the offensive line is trending in absolutely the right direction by and large this season. This is one of their more impressive games uh, so far this year. So that was great. Um, yeah. Any concerns about the run defense quickly? Or do you think this was just a, uh, you know, the the Washington is good at running the ball as well? You know, it's great. I was surprised when you told me that the uh, they had them in yard because, you know, I saw a lot of good plays by Grady, by Evan Cady, by even our boy Troy. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they were, especially the second half of the game, the fourth quarter, I thought they were doing a great job. Uh, a great job, but they were doing an above average job at, at yeah. curtailing the run, stopping the run. But um, I, I'm not too worried about them because I, I've been feeling like they've been overachieving the, the run defense. We, we don't got a bunch of Vita Veas all, all, on our team, uh, big run stuffers. You know, Grady Jarrett, slightly undersized, but an amazing uh, talent. We're doing really good for who we have. Yes. So yes. I, I feel like uh, even though I was able to get that key three and out in the fourth quarter to give, give the offense a chance to win the game, um, the defense is – they're ahead of schedule. So uh, as much as I want to talk back, uh, talk bad about them and nitpick, uh, I'm excited about where they're going and, and hopefully they can uh, keep on raising the level of play. I, I think if you look at some of the more telling team metrics in this game, like they'll on the one hand show that the defense faced an uphill climb in this one. Uh, Washington came into the lead or into this game as the league leader in time of possession with uh, 31 minutes, I believe, kind of time of possession average. They had 33 minutes uh, and nine seconds time of possession in this game. They really swung that in the second half. 
And I think if there was a, a bad stretch for the defense today, it was kind of end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, which is when Washington kind of flipped it a little bit mm-hmm. in their favor. So, you know, they, they struggled there, but really five of 12 on third down was Washington. They averaged 5.2 yards per play, which is less than Atlanta did today. It just, they had a little more, more plays to run. The Falcons could have had a couple of turnovers. One got overturned. They did get the one from Michael Walker. So I actually was pretty impressed with the defense. I thought they stood up at some big times. And again, this team is playing complimentary football to a level that I just didn't expect coming into the year. Is it safe to say, though, that given these last couple of performances, what they did against Justin Fields and a really red-hot, dangerous Bears offense, and what they did today, which was, you know, not pretty, but outside of Brian Robinson, who had 105 yards, Taylor Heineke, 138 yards through the air, Terry McLaurin, only 48 yards. I mean, there wasn't another standout on an offense that does have some playmakers. I mean, is the defense the better unit of the of the offense and the defense right now? Um, no, I still think our, our run game is so impressive. You need good defense and a good run game to win if if your talent is uh, is average, which is around where we're at. And so those are two things that I think it's it's great for Terry Fontenot because it's plug and play. You can. It helps to have your standouts, but you can go and get a bunch of blue collar players for your run game and your defense and win championships or, or go in the playoffs deep. I think we have that. Uh, but but our our run game is still the star. Uh, what what our O-line is doing, what Cordell Patterson is doing, what uh, Algiers is doing, wh- what we've been able to do this whole season is unheard of. It is astounding. Like I said, uh me and, and uh, Mike T when we uh, and, and Jarris when we spoke, we talked about yo this this run game reminds me of when we, when we was playing. You know, it, it's one to where they may not fear us, but they should fear us because mm-hmm. we're running straight yeah. down. You know, their throat through their chest. We we gonna we gonna get them, and it's fun to watch. And so I, I think that even the time possession, us keeping the ball, it helps the defense out uh, in in a big way by them not having to. You know, get right back on the field. Us going three and out. So I, I think the defense is it's close, but the the run, rush game is still the the better better group. I think that that's a great way to frame it because I think that the defense as a whole, we're talking defensive line, linebacker, secondary, is probably playing better right now than the yeah. offense, offensive line, quarterback, running back, receivers, tight ends. Like yes, the sum of the defense I think is playing better football right now than the sum of the offense, but the run game is still the best facet of this team. And it's better probably than anything, the collective of that defense. So I I think that that's um, exactly spot on. Real quick, but before we kind of wrap things up here, what did you think about, and and I have my thoughts that I'll, I'll share after yours, but the decision to kind of not only go for it on fourth down there before halftime, but to let the clock run down from, you know, over a minute to 24-ish, 28-ish seconds there before running that play. Uh, what did you think about um, that choice? Oh, man. Uh, it's it's just like the end, uh, end choices, uh, hindsight 2020. So it, it's easy to pick apart uh, 
mistakes when you know that they've been made. But I'm I'm more of an aggressive type. I'm always going to to choose or be in favor of the coach trying to to not play it safe, to try and and, and go for it, to try and and make something happen to put the trust in your players because that's yep. how you build characters, how you build chemistry, is how you build a a, a certain uh, culture. When the coach knows that, hey, we get in this situation, we're going for it. We're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. Now, part of the payoff is actually making it happen and, and, and doing <laughs> it. So uh, I, I, I'm for coaches and players being aggressive in the NFL. I agree, and and I I agreed with the whole approach uh, to this uh, deal here, which was basically that Atlanta bas- faced a fourth and one uh, with a little over a minute to go. They came up to the line of scrimmage, didn't call a play, let the clock run all the way down to 29 seconds, called a timeout, came back out on the field with their offense, fourth and one, 29 seconds, Cordero Patterson gets stuffed, they turn the ball over. I did see a lot of people say, like, why did you, if you were going to run a fourth down play, maybe try to catch Washington off guard, run up to the ball, get that fourth down, get the momentum and just QB sneak it, do all of that. I think that you're right near midfield. You're at your own 47. So again, three yards away from the 50. Why kind of give Washington, both teams have all their timeouts at this point. Arthur Smith said that it was a game of chicken at that point to kind of see if Washington was going to, call the timeout to preserve the clock or what was Atlanta going to do? And he just decided, Hey, if they're not going to call a timeout, we're going to let all of this clock run down because with 29 seconds, if you pick up a first down there, right, you have 25 seconds left on the clock. You have two timeouts left and, and 25 seconds. Like that's, that's doable from, yeah. from about midfield. Like you guys walk through these end game scenarios. That's totally yeah. doable. Right. And I Absolutely. think that, they viewed that as, hey, if we don't get this, now they don't have a minute to work with and all of their timeouts. Yes. They've got 25 seconds and, and three timeouts, but like 25 seconds is not that much time. I mean, like that. You don't, don't got to make plays with 25 seconds. Exactly. So I think it was to mitigate their own risk. And yes, did it make it a more of a time crunch if they had picked that first down? Sure. But also they didn't. And maybe that played into it as well. So that's kind of what Arthur Smith said post game. Um, so I, I just wanted to kind of clarify that, I guess, for yeah. people, because I did see a lot of that going around. Uh, it's some in-game strategy where, hey, we're going to milk the clock and kind of continue to see our options. Um, before we get out of here, Ovi, the, the Washington jerseys. I love them. I thought they were awesome. I kind of. All right. You're shaking your head. Yes, but I have a sneaking suspicion that y- you wouldn't like them. Am I wrong? They, I mean, I don't even like the name Washington Commanders. I, I'll be honest with everybody. Uh, the the Commanders. I, I don't think any. I don't think a lot of people do. I don't yeah. have an issue with them, but I I don't think you're in the minority there. Yeah. So it's just I I'm it just you know especially someone who played when they were the Redskins. I understand yeah. and I, I agree with you know changing it, but it's just what you're used to, what you're comfortable with, and, and you know what your your eyes are are, are able to be comfortable seeing. And those jerseys, yeah, they 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 were cool. If like you're in college and this Oregon team and switching it up, that to me they just seemed like with the the black and that burgundy, they just seemed off. So I I, I completely understand how a lot of people can think that they're they're really cool 
because they 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 had a, a sort of a je ne sais quoi. They, they had a certain <laughs> something special about them. But I, I, I personally, because I know them in a different light, um, just I, I couldn't get with it. I really, I, I liked the, I liked the all black with the kind of like yellow highlighter colors, mm-hmm. uh, the the numbers. I don't know. It looked kind of like a haunted house to me, you know, like the with the the black exterior and then the bright yellow shining through. I thought it was kind of cool. I'd never it's like seen. X, it's like an XFL team to me. It, it looked like an XFL it was, team. It was a little bit, but like one of the cooler ones, you know, where those jerseys, sure. like almost, almost like Oregon-ish. Yes. Uh, where, like that. So. I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of interesting. I thought it was interesting with the Falcons wearing, you know, their jersey. It was a nice kind of contrast, I thought, um, for this game. So I didn't hate it. I, it would have been a very ugly looking game, I think, if Washington had worn their burgundy or their maroon, like with it raining, with it being sloppy and just yeah. like, it would have been a, a much uglier looking game, I think. But I don't know. The jerseys did it for me. So, yep. all right, we uh, we end here five and seven. One more game against Pittsburgh uh, before the bye week. They should be favored, I, I think, against Pittsburgh. We should. And they've, but, but I expect another close game, right? And, yeah, and again, who knows? Any closing thoughts before we get out of here, Ovi? Uh, just where the Falcons go from here? It'd be so nice to just blow out a team. It'd be so nice <laughs> just coming there and just blow out a team. Because um, we were saying the first half of the season, oh, second half, we those are much easier games. We should have some wins and maybe see some blowouts, or at least I was thinking some blowouts with the easier games. Uh, it, it hasn't happened. Um, I, I think that you never know what Tampa Bay is going to do because they lost. We're, we're still right there in it. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing you want to do is to be like, oh, my gosh, Tampa Bay just they fell apart in the season. I wish I would have taken those games more seriously. I wish I would have not given up hope that, there's no way we can get into the playoffs. You know, you, you don't want to have that woulda, coulda, shoulda type of mentality. So the players, it's leaving everything on the field. And, and not just that, it's contracts. <laughs> you, you Someone's always watching it. So, you know, for your team, yes, but also for yourself and for your game film, you got to make sure you go out there and do everything you can to put your best on the field and to help uh, your team win. So, it's not over. Uh, I think no. we, we got, um, you know, some ways to go and there are enough positives to where if we can learn from these positives, we can still be a pretty dangerous team. For sure. And and again, you know, to your point at the opening of the pod, this team's ahead of schedule. Like it was all about finding answers that this team has found a lot of answers that are Lots. probably going to matter moving forward. So that's awesome. I kind of expect to your point, a little bit of a pent up frustration game uh, this, this week, like, the bye week is here. God dang it. Why did it take so long for the bye week yeah. to get here? Like, we're just going to take it out on this team. The, yep. the, the NFL did us dirty. And and we're going to go into the bye week and leave it all out on the, the field. Um, so, yeah, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that matchup later this week. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening today. Please welcome everybody uh, along for the ride for these final few games uh, while, while we've got them. I will be off at some point in the near future uh first child due literally one month from now as we are recording uh so whenever he decides to show up i will uh have a plan in place we're already getting it figured out ovi i'll clue you in offline on that but don't worry we will have you in great hands for the time i am away 
uh, and then I will be back for the podcast. So let everybody know where they can find it, Spotify, iTunes, uh, all of that good stuff. Today's podcast is always presented by Bet Online. You can follow Ovi on Twitter at OviMahaley34, myself at Will McFadden. Catch us on YouTube, SiriusXM, TuneIn Radio, all of that great stuff. Uh, the Falcons lost a, a really tight one. This sucks, but it'll be okay. Uh, until next time, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.